welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noob. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Oh man, so we're looking at the book of Haggai. What a wonderful guy he was, Haggai. And uh, Haggai was a minor prophet. Uh, There were 12 minor prophets. And Haggai was one of three that uh, came, came on the scene really after captivity. So I want to give you kind of a bit of a, a backstory first so that it gives you uh, an idea of where we're going and where we're traveling. So, um, so the, other, the other two the prophets that came in after captivity were Zechariah and also Malachi. And uh, what great names for your son. There you go. If you're ever going to have a son, there's some great options right there. I like those names. They're cool. Uh, in, in, in 587 BC, King, King Nebuchadnezzar, there's another wonderful name, and his army crushed the southern kingdom of Judah and destroyed the temple that Solomon had built. And, uh, and it, was King Nebuch- uh, sorry, it was King Nebuchadnezzar that took the... Jews into captivity, and they remained in, ba- in Babylon uh, for around 50 to 70 years. So almost an entire, uh, well, not almost, an entire generation uh, was, was birthed in captivity. And it was King Nebuchadnezzar who had the dreams that Daniel interpreted. You remember the stories of Daniel interpreting the dreams? It was King Nebuchadnezzar that also through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, into, where was it? The fiery furnace, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and he just, he wanted them to suffer. And so it was King Nebuchadnezzar, actually, that God used uh, in some ways during that period. Uh, and then, uh, later on, King, the king of Persia, King Cyrus the Great, invaded and captured Babylon. And this was around 25 years after the death of King Nebuchadnezzar. And in 538 BC, about 50,000 Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem to the capital of Judah to rebuild the temple. So they were called the remnant. And so the remnant of Israel were allowed to go first and uh, begin to rebuild around 50,000. Uh, when, the, when the Jews returned, they began work and established the foundation and the altar of the temple, uh, but then they stopped. Then they stopped, and the temple uh, was laid uh, dormant in terms of activity um, for around 17 years, and that's when Haggai kind of comes onto the scene. Haggai uh, was a prophet specifically uh, speaking to this group of people. And so the scripture you have on, on your sheets or the scriptures that we're working through is actually the first chapter in Haggai. And so we won't read the entire thing, but that's just there for your notes. I want to start uh, with, with the first point here this morning, um, that God is calling us to something great. Amen. But how many know that any time God calls us to something great, it's not just going to be plain sailing. There's, there's a large likelihood that when you do anything for God, 
there's going to be opposition. There's going to be resistance. I, I want to remind us all that there is an enemy that we come up against. His name's Satan. He's known as the devil. And he was a fallen angel uh, cast out of heaven uh, for his uh, rebellious spirit and uh, took a third of all the angels with him and they were cast out of there. And since that time, he's been roaming like a lion looking to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's his mandate. That's actually his, his, uh, his uh, focus, to steal, kill, and destroy every single man, woman, and child and call of God on uh, the people of God. So I, 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 it should in some way uh, kind of be a little bit of a, an encouragement to you if you are doing something you believe is a God thing and there's resistance straight away. You're probably in the right lane if you are doing that. Uh, you might be a little concerned if there hasn't been any resistance thus far. You know, um, so number one, I want to say to us, we all face, um, you've got to face your opposition. Amen, somebody. When we come up to the things of God, we've got to face our opposition. In verse 2 of Haggai chapter 1, it says this, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Now, notice how God was speaking through Haggai, and he, and he said, these people. He didn't say, my people. He said, these people. These rebellious people, uh, this is what they're saying. And, uh, and the reason they were saying this was uh, the Samaritans who, who were there uh, 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 and the neighbors in Israel and, uh, were watching the, the return of the remnant and they got concerned. They got concerned and, and, and actually you can read in Ezra chapter 4 and chapter, chapters 4 and 5, you can actually read in detail what they were saying about the, the people of Israel and the remnant. They were really concerned um, that, that these Israelites or these Jews that had returned were going to reestablish the house of the Lord and, and, and again become a strong and mighty nation. And, uh, and they didn't want that. So they began to oppress. They began to, to uh, violently oppose um, the rebuilding. And they put the remnant of Israel in fear. So for 17 years, they stopped work. God called them out, out of captivity, to go to Israel. They began with the foundation. They began with the altar and then put the altar in there. But they stopped there after the first uh, inkling of opposition. You know, fear paralyzes us. Amen. Fear can, can bring us to a place of complacency. But we need to be courageous in times uh, like that. When we face opposition against anything that God is calling us to, we've got to be courageous. We've got, to be, we've got to have courage. What is courage? Uh, it's what you do in spite of the fear. It's not the absence of fear. It's what you do in spite of the fear. Fear still exists. Fear is still present. But you can still move and uh, uh, in, in the things of God. Amen. Uh, I'm fearful all the time. I'm fearful every Sunday morning when I, before I get here. Uh, I, I fear that no one will show up. 
You know, that's a very real fear. I fear that I'm going to forget my notes, that I'm going to forget what I was supposed to say, and uh, no one will be uh, following me at all. That's, that's just a very real fear in my, in, my, in my role. I can't allow those fears to dictate. So I go to faith. So I, 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 I stir up faith within my spirit. And I tell myself, no, no, you're anointed and appointed. God's called you. God's given you a word. You just got to be the messenger of the Lord and, and give the word and, and release it and let God do the rest. Amen. You know, and, and so in spite of my fears, I still do it. Um, I, I love this quote. It says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciences, uh, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes it's the painful moments that God speaks the loudest through. Sometimes it's those moments of conflict, those moments of opposition, those moments of resistance that actually God is speaking the loudest. And, and he's telling us to keep moving forward. Amen, somebody. So we've got to face our opposition. We've got to face our critics. Boy, if we ever uh, listen to those critics that, that came up against us, we wouldn't do anything here. We wouldn't do anything for the kingdom of God. We wouldn't advance the church. You know the church has advanced ever, for, for about two, over 2,000 years in spite of the opposition. It actually grew faster during opposition than at any other time. Did you realize that? It was in persecution that the church spread and grew. It was in persecution. Let me tell you something. It's during COVID-19 that we're seeing the church spread and grow. Our, our church in the Philippines is just doing a phenomenal job. They're, they're, if you saw a Facebook post I posted recently, you would have seen a photo of four young men that have said yes to the call of God on their lives. They're being set apart to become pastors and future church plants in the Philippines. And there's a, come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. The great thing about that is none of, they couldn't meet together. They haven't been able to meet like we meet. They've been still in lockdown. They've, they've only been able to gather in teams and, and smaller numbers, yet they're expanding. Churches are growing. The church is growing in spite of the opposition. You know, we're, we're 17 years that Jews lay uh, in silence. They, they, they didn't move. They didn't do anything. So Haggai, God had to send Haggai to light a fire under their seat. Amen. Someone, some of us need a fire lit under our seats again. We've been kind of lying dormant. We've been kind of lying idle. We've been kind of complacent. We've been coming up with all the excuses why God can't use us right now. He said to those people, the, remember the quote that they gave, uh, they gave to um, uh, God, they said, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Come on, what excuses are you giving yourself as to why you're not following or, or fulfilling the purposes of God for your life? What are you telling yourself? Come on, you've got to speak to that inner man, those self-talk, those Come on, let me tell you something. Every, every word that contradicts the word of God is a lie. God never contradicts himself. So if he's speaking to you by his spirit and it's in line with his word, then it's a God word. 
But if he's speaking to, if you feel God speaking something, but it contradicts what his word says, then that's not God. God never contradicts his word. That's why I'm always confident in moving in the things of God because I understand what's in here. The more I understand this, the more I can understand the leading and the, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen, somebody. You know, there's another quote that says, we've got to be stronger than our excuses. We've got to be stronger than our excuses. Oh, I'm not qualified. Oh, it's the wrong time. Oh, I've just had a baby. Oh, I've just bought a house. Oh, I've just, I, I'm too old. I'm too young. Uh, I'm not married. I'm married. You know, whatever the excuses you have, you know, what, whatever you're telling yourself, you know, if, if it's not in line with the Word of God, it's just an excuse. Can I tell you? Can I, can I say to you, you've got to speak to that inner voice. That inner voice might be an inner voice of doubt. There might be an inner voice of, of deception. You've got to speak to that voice and, and, and command it to be silent in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's what I do all the time. Whenever I feel doubt rising up within me, I just go, wait a minute, this is not God. God will never say that to me. I command you to be silent in the name of Jesus. It doesn't mean that I'm, 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 I'm full of demons or anything like that. But every so often, there's these lies that just come in. You guys know what I'm talking about? Come on, the enemy is not just going to sit back and allow us to do those things. So we've got to, uh, we've got to be strong, uh, stronger than our excuses. The, uh, the second thing is this. We've got to focus on the Father's house. Verse 3, it says this. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is, is it a time for your, you yourselves to be living in a paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Excuse me for a second. Now, paneled houses was a reference that Haggai gave to luck. Remember, in the times of... Uh, uh, the place and in the context they lived in, stones were cheap, wood was expensive. It was the, the reverse to how we understand it. If you want to build a house of stone, it's more expensive than building a house of wood, right? Especially that Wamaru stone, which looks so good, you know. And, uh, but um, in their time and in the time of Haggai, uh, the wood was the most expensive material you could find. Why? Because it was in short supply. And so paneled houses was a reference to the wood being used to build these homes. They weren't just homes. They were luxurious homes. They were, they were expensive homes. And God was making a point. Is it uh, a time for you yourself to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? I love this quote. It says, The temple was destroyed by its enemies, but neglected by its friends. The temple was destroyed by its enemies, but neglected by its friends. They neglected the house of the Lord. They focused on the time. They had time to build their own homes. Now, hear me out when I say this. I'm not saying that possessions and homes and nice things are not of God. Amen. You guys hearing me? Uh, I, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that we've got to make, as well as our homes, the house of God a priority in our lives. 
And, and uh, when you look at David, when you look at King David uh, in First Chronicles 17, this is what David said. After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while uh, the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Here I am living in comfort, living in luxury, living in, living in, in the, the uh, comforts of, my, of life, yet the, 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 the presence of the Lord lies in a, in a broken down place, is what he was really saying. Come on, are you guys seeing this this morning? Whatever God is calling you to build, you know, let it be the first thing you do. Come on, God's you calling you to build something, calling you to, to, to build, you know, and I'm just not talking about a physical building as well. You know, every time we hear talks like this, we go, oh, so we've got to build a new church. We've got to get, no, I'm saying that they, we've got to be focused on the house of God as well. Before the start of this meeting, I had a, a member of our church come up to me and, he, and, and uh, talk to me and he said, look, uh, I, I feel like um, uh, we've got to run this for, for marriages in the church. I'm, I'm trained and I'm ready to go. I can run courses to help support uh, couples uh, needing support in their marriage. That's building. That's what we talk about when we're building the house. That's what we're talking about when we focus on the, on the house of God. It doesn't lie in ruins. Why? Because the people of God are putting their hands to the, to the uh, proverbial plow and, and they're being a part of it, part of the building it. What has God put in your hand to build the house of the Lord? Amen, somebody. Everybody's a builder. Whether you believe it or not, you're a builder in the house of the Lord. You've got the tools within you. To build this house, whether it's a foundation of prayer, you're going to build it. A foundation of worship, you're going to build it. You're going to lay the walls of counsel and, and support and teaching and education, you're going to build it. Where it's a, our preschool, you're going to build it. Where it's an after-school program, you're going to build it. Where it's a ministry, you're going to build it. But the house of the Lord is being built by the builders in the house. Now, they didn't tell us the remnants were specialized builders. They just said the people came back. They were ordinary folk that God used to rebuild the church, rebuild the temple. We are just ordinary folk that God wants to use. Amen, somebody. Point number three, we've got to find things that truly fulfill. We've got to find things that truly fulfill. Write that down if... Uh, in, in that space made available. It says here, verse 5, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted, planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Haggai the prophet will warn them to uh, give careful thought to your ways. You know, I, I, I um, always laugh at that, that, that old saying that uh, many climb the ladder only to find at the top that the ladder's been leaning up against the wrong wall. You know, we've got to be, we've got to be busy in the things that bring true fulfillment. Let's be busy 
and the things that bring us true fulfillment. Now, that's easy for me to say because I found something that really fulfills me, and that's being a pastor in the church. But God, I know if he can call me into something, he can call each and every one of us into something. And there is fulfillment in it. You can chase the dollar, but it may not bring you fulfillment. You can chase nice things, but that may not bring you fulfillment. Chase the things that actually bring you fulfillment. Amen, somebody. You know, I, I remember when I used to work in Wellington and uh, used to catch the train from Lower Hutt into the city, and it was like a rat race. It was, like, it was like you're on the start line of a marathon. There's a marathon happening today, and, uh, and you're on the start line, and everyone's just crowded, really, to, to as soon as those doors open on the train, everybody just races out as if they're in a marathon race, you know, and they're all charging to get to their workplace. And it's crazy because you find yourself just getting taken in momentum with the flow. And, and, uh, and, and don't try and stop because you'll just get knocked over. Some of us are, are feel that way often in our workplace, in our lives. We're just running for no apparent reason. We don't know why we're running. We don't know why we're doing this. And it's not fun. It's not bringing any sense of fulfillment in our lives. You know, we're all called to make a difference. Amen, somebody. We're all called to make a difference. Let, let, let me finish with this last uh, story. I, I remember, this is a, actually a true story. Uh, um, all the sto- most of the stories I tell are true. Um, but this one's a, really a true story. And uh, uh, there was a, <clears throat> in a room of young leaders, a seasoned Christian businessman asked the question, what goals do you have in life? One after another, they began to share their thoughts. Then a young man in the back stood up and said proudly, I want to make a million dollars. The whole room went silent. And there was a bit of a ooh in the the room. I want to make a million dollars. The businessman said, that's a big goal. But how about this? Instead of making a million dollars, why not have a goal to give away a million dollars. The seasoned Christian businessman said this because that was his goal and he achieved it. Come on, you've got to find things that bring you fulfillment. You've got to find things that actually stir you up, that make you get out of bed in the morning. You know, there are always these things that will hold you back, the gold, they tell us, the girls or guys, and the glory. Three things that, that will hold us back. Uh, it's got to be more than just about gold. It's got to be about being in a position to finance the things of God. It's got to be more than just about girls or guys. It's got to be about finding relationships that build you up into the person God is calling you to be. It's got to be more than just about glory. It's about being in a position of influence that can cause change. Come on, find these things that bring you true fulfillment. Haggai warned the remnant of Israel, give careful thought to your ways. In other words, review, reflect, assess the direction that you're going in and be brave enough to make the necessary changes if you need to make changes. Be brave enough to put, a, put the brakes on and adjust where you are going. 
Amen, somebody. Did I say that was the last thing? Can I squeeze in one more? The last thing is this. I promise this is the last one. Number four, you've got to follow the steps that God lays out. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains, bring down the timber, build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expect much, but see, it turned out to be little. What, what you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord? Because... Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own houses. Uh, therefore, because of you, the heavens will be without uh, the dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on the labor of your hands. Here, follow the steps that God lays out for you. Dis- disobedience has consequences. You know, the, the nation of Israel was, was captured, was placed into captivity in the, the, the first place because they were disobedient. Come on, they had this amazing temple, this temple that was famous worldwide. The people would travel from all over the world to see this magnificent temple. But because of the disobedience of the nation of Israel, God had to, uh, had to punish them with consequences. They were, they were overtaken, thrown into captivity, and placed in captivity in Babylon for 50 to 70 years. But then God brought them back out again and said, go up to the mountain, bring down the timber, and build my house. There are steps that we are to take. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Come on, can I just finish with this thought? Let's keep listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us in the things we are called to do. Amen, somebody. Come on, let's keep listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm telling you, the, the Spirit of God is always speaking. We're not always listening. I just invite the team back up. We're not always listening. We've got to follow the steps that God lays out for us to take. Here's step number one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's step number one. Step number two, very similar. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Here's a third step. Here's another step. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else will be added to you as well. These are all steps that help us get to where God is calling us to be. Is anybody hearing this this morning? Come on, God is calling us to take bold and powerful steps. We've got to keep listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Would you all stand with me as we bring this uh, meeting to a close this morning? This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.